welcome to Jewish Boston's The Vibe of the Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Anspin, and I have a very special co-host with me today. You've heard her on the pod before. It's Ashley Jacobs. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Miriam. Super excited to be here and co-host my first podcast with you. Today, we will be speaking with editorial and advertising photographer Diana Levine, who has photographed notable personalities, including our beloved former president, Barack Obama, Miss Alicia Keys, Ed Sheeran, Hanson, and Boston's very own New Kids on the Block. Diana's clients include Rolling Stone Magazine, of which I've been a subscriber for more than 10 years, Converse, MTV, and the Boston Globe Magazine. Diana is also the producer of an event that's beyond special and very personal to her, Photoshoot for a Cure. Photoshoot for a Cure is a snazzy cocktail party that has raised over $80,000 to date for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, with all money going towards Parkinson's research. The event includes makeovers, galleries, and photo shoots sponsored and supported by partners like Sephora. This year's event will take place on September 22nd, with 100% of the proceeds going to the foundation. For more information, visit jewishboston.com slash photoshoot for a cure. We are thrilled to have Diana here with us today to talk all about Photoshoot for a Cure. Welcome, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. I think I've told you guys this, but I listen to Jewish Boston Podcast all the time, so I'm really excited to be here. Yes, she is a friend of the pod. We're so excited. Um, so let's start by going into your background a little bit. Um, you do have a family connection to Parkinson's disease. So how did you first come to have the idea for a photo shoot for a cure? So as you mentioned, I'm an advertising and editorial photographer. I lived in New York City for 10 years. Um, and before that, my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's. She was in her late 40s. I was a teenager. Um, and so I moved to New York City kind of knowing that at some point we would want to come back and be there to support her. So I moved to New York. I really developed kind of my dream career. Um, like you mentioned, I shot for Rolling Stone and Billboard and MTV. Um, and at around the 10-year mark when she had about had had Parkinson's for 10 years, we decided it was time to move home. She had gone through a couple of things that made us realize it was time for us to move back. So my husband and I made kind of a difficult decision to leave our careers and our lives in New York and move back to Boston. Um, and so that was three years ago. And once I was here and I was seeing firsthand the, the challenges that she was facing through her Parkinson's. I just wanted to find a way to raise money and awareness for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Um, I'm not a marathoner. I'm not a runner. Um, so I, I knew I needed to do it in kind of a different way. Yeah, so people are always asking me to do their portraits, and so I figured it would be a good way to raise some money. So the first time we did it, we just set up a little pop-up photo shoot at James Joseph Salon in Linfield, and we raised about $5,000. And I just knew I wanted to grow it in a bigger way. So the next year, we started doing it as a party. We did a photo shoot party, which was able to kind of bring more people into the mix, and it really has grown and snowballed from there. So now it is an annual party where we have tons of volunteer photographers and volunteer stylists and um, as you mentioned we have photo shoots for headshots and portraits and makeovers and silent auctions and it's just a really fun way to use photography to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's research. Diana what made you decide to join Team Fox and raise money for the Michael J. Fox Foundation specifically? Sure so when my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's really the only 
reason I even knew anything about Parkinson's was because of the Michael J. Fox Foundation um, and because of Michael J. Fox himself. So they were one of the first people I connected with about Parkinson's in general, and they were always supportive um, to us and to our family before we even got involved with fundraising. So I, I just already had a personal connection with the foundation. The Michael J. Fox Foundation is one of the biggest funders of Parkinson's research. They are on the cutting edge of so many different things, and especially right now, they're working on some really promising research. So it just felt like a really important time to help fund what they're doing. Um, and I, I actually, the first time I raised $5,000, and I got it in my head that I wanted to raise $100,000, which at the time was ludicrous because I have no background in fundraising. I have no background aside from being a photographer, but I just got it in my head that I wanted to raise 100000 for them. And I thought, if I can raise $100,000 for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, I can be a part of when they finally find a cure, which I do believe they will find one. Um, and so I just kind of started saying it out loud almost just to see how it felt to say it. <laughs> I think I said it to one of my sponsors. I was like, I'm going to raise $100,000 for Parkinson's research. And at that point, I had raised 5000 So I don't know where I got the <laughs> the chutzpah to do that, but um, <laughs> well, if you put it out into the universe, it'll come back. I just right? thought, you know, I'm going to start saying it. So I started saying it, and the more I said it, the more I was like, I can do that. Yeah, and harness the chutzpah. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and somehow it has grown and grown, and we're at eighty thousand. We're hoping to get to hundred thousand in September, um, and it's just grown in so many incredible ways. It, you know, I started with just me. Now we have twenty volunteer photographers and twenty four volunteer stylists, and it's really grown into something that's bigger than me and and Team Fox has just an incredible way of supporting their Team Fox members and we've kind of grown this whole Team Fox family um, and we have there's like an MVP dinner every year in New York and we get to kind of connect with everyone not just across the country but across the world that is working on fundraising and raising awareness so I just love being part of them partially because they're on the cutting edge of all the Parkinson's research happening and also because it's kind of like joining a family and joining a community and I've found that it's provided me I originally thought I was helping them <laughs> by raising money but I really have found that it's helped me and my family a lot in having support and a network of people that are going through the same thing. So let's talk a little bit about um, the Jewish uh, connection to Parkinson's. So Parkinson's uh, is a progressive nervous system disorder that affects movement, and more than 10 million people worldwide currently have the disease. Members of the Ashkenazi Jewish community are more likely to have the gene mutation that can result in Parkinson's. Um, can you give us a brief overview of what the Fox Foundation's study of Ashkenazic Jews is telling us or what they're hoping to find? Sure. So caveat, I'm not a scientist. I'm a photographer. But this is my understanding of it just as a daughter of a mom with Parkinson's. Parkinson's is generally considered not to be a genetic disease. It's considered idiopathic, meaning that they don't know what causes it. But they found in 2004 there's a genetic mutation called LRRK2, which is present in 10% of the general population of Parkinson's patients. But they found that in Ashkenazi Jewish people, of Ashkenazi Jewish people who have Parkinson's, more like 15 to 20% of them have this mutation. So they found that Ashkenazi Jewish people are more likely to have this genetic mutation that is linked with Parkinson's. And I think there's a couple of other ones that you can um, research more thoroughly. But in general, they're wondering why do Ashkenazi people are more likely to have this genetic mutation that's linked to Parkinson's and if they can study people that are Ashkenazi and figure out is can they identify Parkinson's earlier can they start treating Parkinson's earlier um, and kind of nail down why 
this this genetic mutation is linked with Parkinson's. Um, and the Michael J. Fox Foundation actually has something called PPMI, which is the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative. And you can Google Michael J. Fox Foundation PPMI, and you could actually apply to see if um, they would be interested in studying you. I think they're looking for people who are of Ashkenazi descent, who either have Parkinson's or don't have Parkinson's. And it's not a clinical trial. They basically just study you over time to see you know, if any symptoms show up and um, when. And it's, I mean, I don't totally understand all the science of it, to be honest. But I think they're looking to try to figure out if they can identify Parkinson's earlier, and that would help in treatment. So, and again, I'm not a scientist, so definitely Google Michael J. Fox Foundation PPMI, and that will be the, the real information. Yes, and none of us are scientists yeah. at this table right now. <laughs> so circling back uh, real quick to this year's photo shoot for a cure, um, what are some of the things that you're really excited about, about this year's event? So the thing I'm most excited about is just doing it again, because it was such a blast last year. I mean, last year was our first real doing it as a party and it almost felt like everyone was like elated like it was just such a fun happy uplifting night so mostly I'm really just excited to see everyone that was there last year and give everyone a big hug and um, but we also have a bunch of new things which I'm excited about we're gonna have all the same things as last year we're gonna have portrait booths for headshots and family photos and press photos and fashion photography um, and we are still gonna have our makeovers by Sephora and James Joseph Salon um, and we have our silent auction but we have a couple new things we have um, a couple of people who will be doing portrait illustrations Ooh. which will be cool and um, we're gonna have an interactive art project which will be fun from uh, the art cart and we are going to have a couple of surprises that I can't quite reveal yet. So they will either be revealed on social media leading up to the event, or we'll just have them as surprises for our guests when they get so to the Stay tuned, Stay everybody. Tuned. <laughs> the photo shoot party is such a fun and exciting way to raise money for you know, an issue that's so near and dear to you and to help repair the world because this concept of Takun Olam that's what it really comes back to. And you said so yourself that you're not a marathoner, you don't have a background in fundraising, but you just use the skills that you have to make a difference in a very fun and exciting way. So what advice do you have for people who want to improve the world and their communities but don't know where to start? Sure. So I would say that Tikkun Olam is probably one of the biggest parts of my Jewish identity. And I think it's such a beautiful thing because... I feel like it's one of the threads that really ties all Jewish people together, regardless of how kosher you are or how you practice. Like I feel like tikkun olam is something that is really vital to our people and to, um, at least to my Jewish identity. So, um, and I think sometimes, personally, I think of tikkun olam and I think I have to repair the whole world, um, which is a little overwhelming. Um, but I've learned over time that that is not what tikkun olam is. Tikkun olam is using what you have what, doing what you can to repair the world in whatever ways that you can. You don't have to do everything. Um, so my first advice would just be that it's okay to start small. I think that's one of the beautiful things about practicing tikkun olam is you don't have to repair the whole world. You can just start with what you have and use your skills. Um, like I said, I don't run marathons. I don't have a background in fundraising, but I'm a photographer. I knew that I had something that people would enjoy, and so I figured I'll just take a chance and try using just my personal skills um, to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's. Um, and there's other ways that I feel like we bring to Kunalama into it aside from fundraising. Um, like the fact that my mom now speaks about her Parkinson's openly. Um, I feel like that's a form of tikkun olam because she is talking about things that are pretty uncomfortable for people to talk about openly. I mean, she talks about 
the hidden aspects of Parkinson's that other people don't see, like depression and isolation, and it's uncomfortable to talk about those things. But the fact is that the more she talks about it, the more other people will hear and understand Parkinson's, or if they're living with it themselves, they realize that they're not alone going through these things. Um, so I I definitely consider Tukunalam a big part of my life. I hope it's something that I pass down to my kids. Um, and in terms of getting involved, I would just say just start with what you do. Start with what's unique to you, and, and it's okay to start small and grow it. I mean, the first year we did this, we raised $5,000, and the second year we raised 35000 and this year we're on track to raise over 55000 and And, um, you know, you just have to start somewhere. And the thing to remember about Tikkun Olam is actually the teaching is um, that you don't have to finish the job, but you aren't free from the obligation of beginning it. That's how the, the teaching of Tikulam goes. That we're not we can't be expected to solve all the problems by ourselves, but we are expected to take a step towards it. Even if we can't right. complete the work. Right. We begin the work. And even for in terms of like Parkinson's research, it's gonna cost a lot of money to cure this disease. Um, but if you think about it, you know, maybe I'm gonna raise a certain amount this year, but we have thousands of team box members across the country and across the globe and together we raise millions. So it really you don't have to be the only one doing Tikkun Olam. If everyone does a little bit, we can make a big impact. That's right. Wow. And that number of money raised and people involved in, in contributing to find a cure for Parkinson's, I'm sure that number will only grow and grow as the years go by. And your mom, you have two young children. How do you hope to instill these values in them now and as they grow up? I have a five-year-old son and an almost three-year-old daughter, and I hope that by running Photoshoot for a Cure, they see their mom putting her full heart and passion into a cause that's important to her, and I hope that they learn from that, that if there's a cause that's important to them when they grow up, that they can start with a small idea and build it and make it happen, and that they see that by living the principles of Tikkun Olam, it benefits not just the community and not just the world, but it really enriches your own life. And you had mentioned that Tikkun Olam was a part of your upbringing. It was very important to my parents to teach us the values of Tikkun Olam and Tzedakah, and they actually made it a weekly part of our lives in that we um, had an allowance, and every time we got our allowance, it was broken up into 25% spending, 25% long-term savings, 25% short-term savings, and 25% was Tzedakah. Or for so responsible. For charity. Wow. So, and we had a log sheet where anytime we spent, even if it was 50 cents, we had to log that the 50 cents went out and or if we got in money it went into the log um, and so 25% of all of our allowance growing up was always saved for charity and we would pick a charity that was important to us and then whenever we would save up a certain amount our parents would match it so my charity growing up was always the Jimmy Fund my sister's charity was always the Make-A-Wish Foundation um, so I definitely grew up thinking of Tadaka as a normal expected beautiful part of my life and I still consider it a really important part of my life and I try to contribute I wish I could contribute more but I try to contribute when my friends are raising money for their charities and I hope they see that making Sadaka part of your life is not only important for the community and important for the world but it's fulfilling for yourself as well. One thing that really resonated with me um, personally in your story was the fact that your mother was first uh, diagnosed while you were in your late teens and I went through something not quite the same but vaguely similar where I found out um, that my father had terminal cancer in my late teens I was actually in in college and I think you were too right um, so the effects of having a, a parent who's living with an illness on uh, a child or a young adult are kind of 
difficult to come to terms with. It's, it's isolating. There's a feeling of helplessness um, that's hard to articulate if you haven't stood in those shoes. Um, so what do you recommend to anybody who has a parent who is going through Parkinson's in terms of coping mechanisms or what kind of support structure and, and um, resources would you recommend? Well, first of all, I'm so sorry about your dad. Thank you. Um, I know there's a certain feeling that when you are a child and your parent is diagnosed with disease, it's it's kind of unimaginable. Yeah. Um, and I still remember the day that my mom told me she was diagnosed. And, yeah. you know, she was in her 40s. I'd never heard of someone in their 40s having Parkinson's, so it was very out of the blue. Um, and I remember that day. All I, I didn't know anything about it. I just heard disease. And I didn't leave her side. Like, I don't like swimming, but my mom was going swimming that day, and I put on my swimsuit, and I went in the pool with her, and I went in the changing room with her. I mean, I was just, I didn't want to leave her side, like, for a second. Um, And so that was kind of my first reaction to it, was, like, I have to be by my mom's side all the time. And then it was hard because I wanted to move to New York. I wanted to follow my dreams. I wanted to be a photographer, and it was very hard for me to think about leaving her in Boston, um, and I struggled with it a lot. And she kind of encouraged me to go and follow my passions. So when my mom was diagnosed, she was in her 40s. And I didn't know anyone else whose parent had Parkinson's. I might have had a couple of friends who had grandparents with it. And I knew Michael J. Fox had it. But I really didn't know anyone my age who was going through a diagnosis like this with their parents. Um, And so I felt it was a little isolating in the beginning. Um, I remember there was times where I lived in New York where I would kind of cry walking down the street. I'm grateful that I have a sister. And we've gone through a lot of it together. For me, I found that connecting with peers my age who are going through the same thing and had parents with Parkinson's was so helpful to me because I could talk to them honestly and openly about what my mom was going through, what I was going through. So my advice to other people going through a diagnosis with their parents is just try to build a community for yourself of other people your age who are going through the same thing. Um, They'll be able to give you the best advice about the specific situation that you're in. Um, I'm a mom. I have two kids, and I know that we are called sandwich moms, which is you are sandwiched in between your parents and taking care of your children. And I'm actually in a couple of sandwich moms groups. And I found that really helpful because I can talk to people about, you know, what it's like balancing the needs of your children with the needs of your parents. And so I would just say do whatever you can to try to meet other people going through the same thing so you don't have to go through it alone because there's going to be hard days. There's going to be hard weeks and months. And it really helps if you prepare yourself by having a support group, a network of people going through the same thing that you can talk to openly and honestly about it because there's going to be people in your life that might not necessarily understand what you're going through Um, and so it helps to have people who really firsthand know what you're going through. I imagine part of the outcome of doing photo shoot for a cure is um, in addition to obviously raising the funds um, is the discovery of a community and a support group. Um, Can you tell us some of the stories you might have heard about connections made at Photoshoot for a Cure? Sure, I mean, that's been the biggest thing that has surprised me was that I started this and I felt like, you know, this is about me raising money for my mom. And it has developed over time into this whole big community that really means a lot to other people. Um, One story that pops into my mind is one of our photographers for this year, Sarah. She had heard about Photoshoot for a Cure last year because she's a photographer and it's it's kind of a big event in the photography world. Um, And then within that year, her dad and her stepdad were both diagnosed with Parkinson's. Wow. Which... Yeah, um, and she reached out to me, and she was like, hey, I'm a photographer. I'd heard about your event, and then recently my both my dad and my stepdad were diagnosed, and so she wanted to get involved. And I was kind of blown away that she had heard about her event before this had happened, and I was 
happy in a way that she had us to go to and we she kind of already knew we existed and so she kind of just joined our family and now she's like such a big part of it I feel like I can't believe I didn't even know her before um and it makes me really happy that we are a community and that we can provide support to people that are going through their own diagnoses in their family and in general I've just found that when I started this i I guess I pictured myself being the only photographer in Boston that had a connection to Parkinson's. But over the years, people reach out to me all the time and say, hey, I'm a photographer too. My grandfather had this. My mom has it. My, my dad has it. And so we've grown this little crew of creatives in Boston that really care about and love people with Parkinson's. Or And some of our volunteers have Parkinson's themselves. So it's just been a really interesting way of growing a community and there's also a lot of people that have made connections through Photoshoot for a Cure that don't necessarily have a connection to Parkinson's. Um, our manicurist at the event, Shannon, she runs Polish Nail Boutique. She is has charity in her heart all the time. She actually ran the Boston Marathon this year for my mom. Wow. And yeah, oh my God. And she goes to Children's Hospital and does manicures at Children's Hospital. Like Charity is just very important to her in general. And so she's gotten really involved. And now our guests from last year who got manicures already signed up to get manicures again this year just because they want to see her um, and so there's people that have gotten become connected to the foundation and become connected to the Parkinson's cause that didn't have their own personal connections to it so it's been an amazing way of seeing how we can grow this community if folks want to support Team Fox and photo shoot for a cure but aren't able to attend the event um, what are some ways they could get involved Absolutely. So if people can't attend the event but they want to support us, they can go to photoshootforacure.com. There's a button where you can click donate and you can donate right to our team. Um, there's a button to click for tickets. You can buy tickets. And um, you can also reach out to us to volunteer if you're interested in volunteering at the party or some people volunteer just in the planning aspect. So some people can't attend the party because they're having a baby or there's, they have a wedding, but they're involved with the host committee in terms of spreading awareness about it and selling tickets and kind of getting involved in the planning aspects so we have a lot of ways that people can volunteer um, I can also easily connect people with um, the Team Fox Young Professionals of Boston who do all sorts of other events or with the Michael J. Fox Foundation so people can just go to photoshootforacure.com and reach out to us there um, we have an Instagram at photoshootforacure Facebook at photoshootforacure and you can reach out to us in any of those ways and we can connect you either with our team or with other Parkinson's resources and we are just so grateful for how many people have reached out to us since the beginning and how many people have volunteered. And we are grateful for everyone who has donated time and money and resources and connections. And it's through all this community outreach that we've been able to grow this and that we have a chance of topping $100,000 this year. And Diana, just to wrap up, question for you about your blending of your personal and professional lives. I know a lot of people are very averse to doing that. And you who have worked with so many amazing celebrities and musicians, have you had any great moments of connection with the people whom you've photographed? Absolutely. There's people that I've photographed that have inspired me in so many ways, and in particular with philanthropy. Alicia Keys co-founded a nonprofit called Keep a Child Alive, and I watched how she's used her platform and her resources and her skills to make the world a better place. Um, people like Ed Sheeran, who is very well known for donating a large portion of his income to local children's hospitals and local um, children's charities, and just seeing how people 
in that world can use their voices for good. Um, I'm, I just thought of another one, Danny from New Kids on the Block. He has a foundation called Remember Betty in honor of his mom, and they raise money for um, cancer patients to help pay their bills. And seeing how he's used his platform and his voice um, and his connections to raise money for a cause that's so important to him inspired me to kind of look into myself and say, is there anything I can do using the connections that I have and the skills and the resources to make a difference in the world and um, it's funny I used to kind of feel like I went into photography originally I thought I would be a social worker or a psychologist um, and I always wanted to help people and then I went into photography and I felt a little bit like it was more of a, a selfish career and so when I started seeing some people like Alicia Keys and Ed Sheeran using a creative field to raise money and awareness it kind of made me realize that you know, I'm, I'm not out of the game for helping people just because I went into photography. And um, it inspired me to try to figure out a way to use my personal skills and my personal um, resources to make a difference. And so that was partially how Photoshoot for a Cure came about from being around so many inspirational people through my work. Diana, thank you so much for coming in today and for sharing your story and telling us all about Photoshoot for a Cure. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you don't miss future episodes of Jewish Boston's The Vibe of the Tribe podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And be sure to keep up with us on social media at Jewish Boston.